In a world of pot farms, adoptive bear mothers, and D.B. Cooper, three best friends will honor their dead friend by canoeing a river without paddles. Hey, Dennis, did you pack this for dinner? What is this? Astronaut food? No, it's a vitamin gel pack. It tastes like watermelon. It's very filling and it preserves well. It's camping. I'm not an astronaut. I'm an American. And there's fresh salmon in that river for the taking. What? I'm eating salmon tonight. That's a great idea, except we didn't bring any fishing gear. Don't need any. We'll shine it. That would kill a fish. Shine the fish. Old Cherokee trick. Yeah, I, I forgot the Cherokee been using the flashlight for thousands of years. There are a lot of bad movies out there. Listen as we try to find the ones that are so bad, they're actually good. Is it just bad? Or is it exceptionally bad? Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Hi, welcome back to Exceptionally Bad. I'm Ben. I'm Brant. I'm Bracken. I'm Nate. I'm Danny, but my tree name, my forest name is Poison Oak. What's your forest name? Uh, my forest name? Uh, like Screaming Marmot? <laughs> uh, my forest name is Bracken. <laughs> That's weird. My forest name is also Bracken. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Giardia. Giardia? Well, welcome to a new episode. Uh, we just finished the second mini-season of Season 4, the Season of Four Seasons, and we're now beginning our third mini-season. And the theme for this mini-season is Guilty Pleasures. So we're each going to pick a Guilty Pleasure movie and watch that. Uh, we've got one for you here in this episode. So uh, the question I have for you all, what um, what do you consider a Guilty Pleasure? Like, what does it mean? Oh, for sure. So it's obviously something that you enjoy. Okay, yes, yeah, because it's a pleasure. And you right. like to watch it, uh, you know regularly or on a somewhat you know you've seen it multiple times okay and it always um you you enjoy but you feel bad about is, okay. is what i would i would call you kind of like, don't you, want people to know you're that kind it's of a thing embarrassed like. yeah, yeah you know like it's not you know if, if you were to like have uh, enjoy watching the golden girls or something yeah, like right. that yeah probably you know who would be feel guilty about that? I, I know, right? Yeah. I, everyone loves. It's like me in rom coms. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say, there's, um, you know, there's a couple of different ways to think about why you would be guilty. Maybe it's a considered a bad movie, but you like it. But maybe it's also considered a like a genre of movie that you kind of is very against your own personal image. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. the example I always think of is actually a TV show. Do you okay. guys remember that show, The OC? Oh yeah! Oh like, my goodness! Back in the early aughts, yeah, that was like a guilty pleasure for my wife and I. We're like, this is just soap opery and kind of yeah, kind of trash, but we just like watching young it. adult. It's all 
like teen drama. It's got the guy I from know. Gotham. I, I think yeah. it's like Seinfeld not being able to admit that he watched Melrose Place. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, at least uh, for this mini season, it's movies that are a pleasure to us. So hopefully we'll have at least four entertaining films to watch. Um, so tonight's movie is Without a Paddle. Uh, this is my guilty pleasure. It came out in 2004. This is a movie that um, happens to be considered a bad movie. I mean, it's 14% on Rotten mm. Tomatoes. It is... That's really low. It's very, very low. That's really low. Right? So surprised how low. Um, when I was thinking about what's my guilty pleasure, this movie always comes up as a movie that I just kind of... I own the fact that I love this movie, mm -hmm. even though I recognize it is not a cinematic masterpiece, and my wife gives me a hard time for loving it. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, that's got to be my guilty pleasure. It's got to be. I mean, it's like the perfect audience, right? Mm -hmm. We're all generally sort of the same age. Right. And it, it's a bunch of boys having a bunch of... Adventure. You know, adventure. Yeah. And it was like when they were... Young boys having adventures with Indiana Jones yep. and all that, and stepping out of their adult lives. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Stepping out of their like it's our sweet spot. Yeah, in some ways. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things about this movie. We'll get into details and stuff as we go, but mm -hmm. some of the things that I love about this are the adventure, mm -hmm. and it's got a mixture of the DB Cooper um, unexplained mystery thing that you know is something that I love those kinds of things. And so I think that's one of the reasons why it stuck with me mm -hmm. because of the DB Cooper thing. Um, you should just plug other side of strange right now. Uh, okay. I have another podcast. It's called <laughs> the other side of strange. Yeah. Go to other side of strange.com. It, it is about the unexplained paranormal ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, that kind of stuff. So and mirrors and, and, and goats. Episode. That's right. And goats. Goat men, haunted mirrors. So if you like unexplained things, check out that podcast. Anyway, back to why we're here. Um, so this movie involves camping. I want to know, do you all have experience camping? I love camping. Okay. I don't do it enough because it's just a hassle with kids. But yeah. I enjoyed it. I love being out in nature. I love particularly this area, like the Pacific Northwest kind of it's yes. gorgeous yeah like, beautiful that's my happy place mm -hmm. love camping we just rv'd which is i i is not considered in my opinion camping at all I but agree. when we go camping we like to go up to the redwoods and we uh we, it's glamping still yeah. because we bring we bring all the food and we're we bring all the things and we have a great time so we'll go once or twice a year you know camping possibly so awesome uh, yeah, we. I grew up backpacking, and I would call that car camping, the, the glamping. The yeah, right. So we, yeah, we did both. Um, but yeah, we would. Uh, <laughs> I could tell a story like as we go along with the show, or or um, do it now, whatever. Whenever you'd like, go ahead. All right. So, I had a friend uh, in middle school. I want to say his name was Jason, but. <laughs> No, but bear with me. Everyone... Is it just because of the hockey mask? No, yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. no. It's so uh, it's better. It's better. Okay. Than that. So 
when I was in, so this was like seventh grade. In seventh grade, um, when I went to middle school, they had wood shop for, and you know those huge floor backs that are just kind of on the wall, but they can you turn them on and like all the sawdust goes so oh, yeah. into it. Uh-huh. So Mel, uh, Jason, we called him Melv. So Melv was in my workshop class, and he got the nickname Melv. I gave it to him, but like um, <laughs> because there was one day in class, he was just laying on the floor and just putting like like little pieces of chop uh, of the cup two by fours, you know, something like little two three inch pieces, just put them over there and watching them get sucked up the tube. <laughs> but he was laying there and he had like his pants ripped down like a big plumber's crap. Okay. So I, I just it was like, hey, Melvin, you know, like, yeah, right. in, which I guess is the opposite of plumber's crack, right? But so, but from that day forth, like, he was Melv. That's and great. I even tried to call him by his name a few times. He's like, no, you call me Melv. So, like, Melv, <laughs> he embraced it. Mel, so, all right. So now, fast forward, like, Melv, my dad and I were going to go backpacking, and Melv really wanted to go. And he was not um, in the best shape physically. And, so, and it was a, it was like a four mile hike in to these lake to the lake, and he was he was struggling, so my dad was like I'm gonna go on ahead up to the where we're gonna camp and I'll put my pack down and I'll come back for you boys you know he's like he's like stick together and we'll come mm-hmm. back so he he disappears for a while and we're going and you know Melv has to stop every so often and like so I'm just like regular teenager shape like I wasn't playing sports so I don't want to be like I was a Sedonis like running up yeah. and down the mountain right like but I wasn't like struggling like Melv was <laughs> so then my dad comes back and he's like alright he's here like, we're pretty close he's like Nathan just go ahead and so I go up and then he comes up with Melv later and it's a little it's a, a while my because Melv's like go ahead so I was like alright so um, I realized I just contradicted myself but anyway Melv and I got separated <laughs> on the trail it wasn't like we got lost but I got up. My dad's like comes up later with with Mel. And my dad's carrying Mel's pack. Okay. And my dad's like, so I found him, like sprawled out, like kind of taking a nap on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, you know, you know, which is okay. It's okay. He's like, I do. What I don't understand is why he used a cow pie as a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was boring. <laughs> so I thought a lot about that trip oh, when we were watching amazing. this movie. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't, don't blow, blow all my stories, but I have a similar. I, I have a lot of stories from Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So one of them in particular was a fifty miler. Yeah. So that I'm going to refer to this several times over this, um, but one night, so Tom who is um, Dak Shepard's. Yeah. Um, well, his character is very similar to a friend that I had growing okay. up. Um, he and he, we were good friends for a while. He kind of went off a deep end. He ended up getting shot by police. Oh, in gosh. A, he broke into somebody's house to steal a bunch of guns Whoa. and Whoa. thought he was like Bill Hickok or something and yeah. got gunned down. So Whoa. that's a sad story. But he, you know, it's, it's evidence he was not good at making good choices. So we're on a 50 miler. Um, we are way up in the, in the Sierras, like, you know, way up in there. It was probably day four or five, something like that of a seven day hike. Mm -hmm. And it was pouring rain. So we all decided, obviously we didn't carry tents. Mm -hmm. And so we all decided we would pool all of our tarps together to make kind of this tent fort for us. Right. And so his stupid butt was kind of in the middle 
and it's absolutely pouring buckets yeah. like movie level rain and he is playing with his pocket knife and oh. so what he's he's got his he's got his pocket knife like his finger is just barely hanging over the tip of the blade and so he would kind of like he's gonna swipe the tarp but he would curl his finger at the last second oh, yeah and so his fingernail goes down the tarp oh. and we're like dude <laughs> It is pouring rain right yeah, now. This is the it. only dry spot for about 50 miles. Like, don't do that. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. And he did it like 10 times. And so he was getting a little cocky. Finally, one of the times he just goes and cuts a giant hole in our tent. All the water that's been pooling oh, for the past hour and a half pours, pours over us. Everybody freaks out and rolls out into the rain. Oh, and Just man. not thinking. Right. We had dug these trenches, you know, to keep the rain off of us absolutely flooded we all rolled in our sleeping bags into these trenches oh my god and then spent like the next half hour trying to wet duct tape our our tarp (laughs) shut (laughs) so i completely empathize with that scene where they're soaking wet soaking wet in the rain spooning yes Yes. they did though well they should have it kept them alive yeah we're not gonna go there (laughs) this was a boy scout strip it never leaves the cave that is amazing (laughs) that's horrible in the rain yeah. fond memories though yes yeah. right i i went on i don't have any super excellent stories like that but i went on 50 mile hike in the appalachian trail and we did uh like a 50 mile canoe trip up on the boundary waters um between the u.s and and canada we had run-ins with bears and stuff like that so you know as we're watching this movie i was like you know i've done some of that canoed down not down class five rapids, but <laughs> 40, class forty five. Right, yeah. class yeah. forty five. Well, I'm gonna call you Billy now. After that. <laughs> That's impressive. These, anyway, oh go ahead. Uh, so it's true about these adventures that you have camping. Oh yeah, you know. So this movie is all about that. Oh yeah. And I did those the Boy Scout fifty milers, and they do make for just incredible Excellent. stories. Yeah. yeah. I the bear thing. A bear was going through our camp, you know, going through all the food. And you always have that that kind of dumber kid who yes. doesn't. And so one of our friends, I, you know who you are, who's listening. You know who you are. Gets up. He's in his boxers. He slept with nothing on except his boxers, even though, you know, you're outside. And, yeah. He yells at the bear. Yes. Get out of my, you know, it was his pack. Get right. out of my pack. And he was the guy who had beef jerky in his pack oh, and all gosh. that kind of stuff. The bear like comes and charges at him, <laughs> but then the leaders like they had flashlights yeah. and they scared him using the flashlights, and it was like all those like little things, which now you you know at the time you're just like oh this is miserable, but then you look back at it and it's like oh that was so much fun, so part of this watching this movie is like remembering those you know fun, fun yeah fun things, we've hinted at the movie so yeah, much now let's talk about it. So uh, I'll I'll give a quick rundown. The plot is very basic. It is uh, four childhood friends grow up, and they've gone their separate ways, and one of their friends uh, passes away. So the other three go to his funeral, and in a moment of nostalgia, they visit their old um, treehouse. Thank you, their treehouse, and they find their little plans that they were going to go find DB Cooper's. Uh, lost treasure, his money that he lost, $200,000 that he got away with. Um, 
And they find out that their friend who had just passed away had actually planned out a whole trip for them all to go on, but they just weren't able to make it the year before. So they decide uh, to honor him. It's time to go get that treasure. So the three surviving members go on this trip with all the work that their friend had done. And none of them know anything about what they're getting into. Uh, they quickly, things go bad. Um, they run into, you know, they run into a bear. They run into some crazy hillbilly guys living out in the, in the forest, who it turns out are pot farmers. And they happen upon the pot farm. From that point on, those guys are trying to kill them, and they're trying to escape. Uh, meanwhile, their, their supplies are dwindling. They even, at a certain point, get to the point where all they have is their underwear and nothing else. They're walking and through the rain. Pack. Oh, yeah, he has his fanny pack. <laughs> and then uh, they get rescued by uh, an old hermit who happens to be uh, D.B. Cooper's old friend. Um, then they happen to find D.B. Cooper's corpse accidentally and find out there is no treasure the it was you all along <laughs> right the treasure's gone but uh they the, the survive living yes turns out that the cops are or the cop the sheriff is dirty he's part of the pot farm uh they defeat the bad guys they get home safely and now they're heroes and in the whole process all the hardships they kind of each learn a life lesson that they were the heroes all along. The real treasure was the real friendship. Treasure was friendship. Yeah. Power of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. But now that let's talk about the the craziness that they go through. Who wants to bring something up that they went through that was amazing? So I, I feel like in typical movie fashion. Yeah. Like they're at the funeral, then they go to whoever's childhood home. Like you never meet the parents. That was one interesting thing at the funeral. Like because Dax Shepard's yeah, right. character. What's his name? Tom? Tom, I think. Yeah. It was Tom, Jerry, and Danny, right? Yes. Um, so he shows up on his motorcycle, like, in the middle Danny of the service. And it's, like, the other two guys that, like, get him to quiet down. And yeah. like, go ahead, Father. Like, they're in charge of the funeral. and <laughs> Right. <laughs> but, like, in true movie fashion, they just, like, all right, let's do it. And then they go. No plan. Yeah. Other than they have the map that Billy had made. Yeah. And so they, they're like, oh, well, just get outfitted in the little town. <laughs> And they immediately antagonize the sheriff. Like, yes. <laughs> I love that part. Yeah, that part. Was... Well, they weren't parked in the red or anything, too. No. I was like, what? Why is why he is bugging this... him? Yeah, why is this, this sheriff so angry? And we figure out later why yeah. he's so uh, upset at newcomers coming into the town. But He definitely he... does have the sheriff from Rambo vibe about him, though. Yeah, where he's like, we don't take kindly to people who visit our town. That's right. And mm. he's got some teeth blacked out, so he's missing some yeah. teeth. Yeah, and... they make the joke that they're UPS delivery guys <laughs> delivering some teeth. Somebody, somebody delivered. Somebody ordered yes. some teeth. <laughs> I gotta find oh. a way to use that. I know. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> oh yeah. So we should, you know, we can talk about more of the adventures they go on. But let's let's introduce the three guys who are here uh we've got you you said tom jerry and dan, dan. yep who are they dax shepherd matthew lillard and seth green yeah so dax is tom matthew is jerry seth green is dan dr dan mott. Dr. dr dan mott, mott. Yeah. yeah dr mott um 
I felt like this group right here, like uh-huh. you, we could all relate to certain people. Absolutely, of yeah. those three people, like I kept thinking I was the Seth Green character. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I was the uptight. Uh, am I the shortest of the bunch? Probably. Here? I'm, yeah, I'm five nine. I'm not five three like right. like him, but I am shorter. And I was thinking and you more you like have Dak close Shepherd. relationship to red hair. <laughs> <Actually>. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Yeah, who would you who would you oh, mostly relate to? Me, I this, think yeah. Matthew Lillard for me. Which one was that? Uh Tom? Oh yeah, it's not No, that's Dax. Sorry, Dax. Dax. Sorry. So you're Jerry. 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 I think he was closest for me. Nice. I I would say I'm a little bit of Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a mix. I yep. got a little bit of moxie. I make stuff up. I make yes, myself that's true. the hero of every story. Right. Um, <laughs> and he's quite the ladies' man. And I've yeah. absolutely yeah. run level 45 whitewater rapids. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Employee of the mom. Yes. <laughs> oh. I was thinking, like, that cameo by Scott Adsit. Who is that? Oh, he's the guy who stole Dr. Mott's parking spot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can see that. I I can see that. We have a similar hairstyle. (laughs) (laughs) Anger issues. Both are total a-holes to small doctors. (laughs) I love that part. Seth Green is pulling in. It's when we first see him as his adult self. He's pulling in, listening to, like, easy listening music. And this truck... Pulls in real quick in, into the parking spot just before he gets in. And he says, uh, excuse me, uh, that's my parking spot. And, then, and the guy says, <laughs> like, it's got your name on it? Yeah, he's like, I don't see your name on it. <laughs> he's, he's like, like well, what? actually it is. And he, there it is. It right says, there. reserved for Dr. Mott. <laughs> so, he's like, I'm Dr. Mott. That, that's my parking spot. <laughs> so he proceeds to pull the parking sign, like the... The nameplate, the nameplate off. off, and then bends it in half and throws it on the ground, and, and yeah, funny. and Dan puts his inhaler out the window like he's gonna like mace he's gonna, him, like he's gonna pepper spray him. <laughs> and the guy just oh, jumps yeah. up to the window. Well, you, you know, he walks gone. away first. Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, have a nice day." And then he then he comes back like, "Ah!" <laughs> that was, and then he's like, "I'm Doctor Mott." <laughs> That's hilarious. But, no, but I think I could see a little bit of all three of them in me. Yeah. I, like Bracken. Well, I would like to think that I'm more like Tom and Jerry, but I'm probably yeah. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. I'm... We're all Dan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. In the end, now we are. Now. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you literally are. Danny, yeah. you. Yeah. Dan. You got a lot of Jerry in you, I think. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, he, he's all he's about. He's a surfer. He's like yeah, my sweet spot cool. is just sitting on the wave. Yeah. You know? Honestly, yeah. The whole the whole speech about just like being, being in, in the, the moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is just what I like. Laying out there yeah. in the forest on the ground. How great is yeah. it? Yeah. Right. I feel like your gambling problem makes you a little bit more like Tom. I do too. <laughs> the, the pure fact of like not thinking about doing things before they do them. Yeah. That's that a... that I can relate to. Yes. Yeah. Also, I really want cool scars. So. Yeah. Right. You want me to shoot Thanks. you? Yeah, actually. <laughs> but can you do it where you just graze just me? Just graze you? Yeah. Just, just enough to up. hide a roll, <laughs> roll of pennies. Of pennies. <laughs> yeah. It is, it's interesting how they do those character, right? Like movies do that where they, what do you call that? 
tropes or whatever oh, common yeah. Yeah. You right. know, characters. They're like they, archetypes. Yeah, archetypes. Yeah. Kind they of, did yep. a pretty good job of fleshing the characters out. For, I agree. For this, mo- for this movie being what it is. Yeah. They were less two-dimensional than they could have yeah. been. Right? Yeah. Yeah. In, in a fun yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. What else happened in, in the movie? It's, I, that was memorable. I really enjoyed the bear attack. I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. Like, <laughs> so I don't think I've ever seen a human being picked up like like a, a puppy cub by before. the belt loop. Yeah, and it, man, so Seth Green, I just comedic genius. I it just his whole reaction and can the, you explain the way he was, that? Well, he was kind of. Uh, I wouldn't say whining, but he was whimpering. Yes. Uh, and just, he just played it so well. Uh, the best part was Jerry is like, so they're, they're knocking. So Tom has gone into the river and he's, he's, they, they're, you know, he's like, I can knock a fish out of the water just using oh, a flashlight. Yeah. Right. Which he does successfully twice. Yes. So and, on the second one. And they're not small fish. No, no they're, they're giant they're like salmon. Giant, yeah. yeah. So. So, uh, what is it? Dr. Mott and uh, Tom kind of get quiet for a second. And they're like, uh, turn around. <laughs> and there's a bear standing <laughs> in the grizzly. river. Yeah. And uh, Jerry's character is like slowly taking off his shoes. It's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, you're not going to outrun a bear. He's like, I don't need to outrun a bear. I just need to outrun you. <laughs> And he does. Follow yes. him and Jerry, or Tom and Jerry, completely outrun Dan. He falls over, and then you know they're trying to like tell him all the things that you hear. He, right. They're like, "Get in the fetal position. He'll leave you alone." <laughs> when have you ever heard that? I mean, it's, be, be still, I guess. Right. Yeah. Or try and be as or big as you can. Whatever, yeah. Which he's not going to be able to be. Yeah, good. he's not very big. But uh, yeah, the fetal position. Come on, that doesn't really do he's anything. Like, Get in the fetal position. It'll work. And then like the bear takes one step forward and he's like, abort the fetal position. <laughs> okay. So this is where I'm going to go back to my 50 mile okay. story. So, um, I didn't have a tent. I didn't have a bedroll. I took a hammock and a tarp and a mummy bag. That was my sleeping arrangement, which is kind of stupid up in the high Sierras. Yeah. Cause it's freezing cold. You want to actually be close to the ground so you can preserve that heat. Anyways, I am swinging in my hammock between two pine trees and in the middle of the night, we hear, I, I hear what sounds like a massive animal coming okay. through the trees. It is breathing. Like, you can tell just by the breath, something with massive lungs is breathing next yes. to me. And it's probably less than five feet from my head. And so, oh I think I was probably 12 to 14 at this time, okay? I and I... Similar <laughs> story going. So, I am terrified, okay? I've got... I'm already kind of out of my element here. And I've got this mummy bag, like, zipped all the way around my face. So, like, just my face is kind of... My mouth is hanging out of this thing. And I am absolutely frozen. I was like, I'm I'm going to die right now. Like, I'm basically just a Slim Jim that has been pre-wrapped for this bear. Like, I am right at, like, consumption level. And so, I'm just... I'm dying. I, I honestly think I'm making peace with God. I'm yeah. like... I was like, I guess this is how I go. And so, cool finally, finally, you know... It, it moves off, right? Yeah. Goes tromping back in the forest. In the morning, we find a bunch of like moose droppings or something oh, yeah, in yeah. the camp. Still, scary, a very terrifying scary, animal. Yeah. But it didn't end up being a bear. I was not consumed, obviously, because so, I'm here. I've got to share my story. <laughs> yes. On the Ap- oh. Appalachian Trail, it's like 
it's like a nine day trip that we were doing and we're on day like six or seven and we also just had like a rope and a tarp that we would just string the rope between two trees throw the tarp over it you've got a little triangle and you sleep underneath it and we've been doing that for days and there are not prescribed uh camp areas you just find a spot off the trail and that's where you camp well on this one night there was a um like a camp cabin that had been up there that we were we had reserved we were able to do it and so we go into it and it's this room it's like a barracks with um bunk beds built in and like these wire uh, kind of mattress holder things like you would mm-hmm. throw a mattress on top of it mm-hmm. and they're all right next to each other and so our whole group gets to be inside with a roof and everything we threw our sleeping bags on it it was not the most comfortable just laying on that hard wire i would have much rather laid on the the floor the ground yeah well we i wake up in the middle of the night because i hear a giant animal and it's growling and I am like, what the heck is that? And the, the guy right next to me, uh, it, it was kind of a little bit of a <laughs> without a paddle moment. We were all in our sleeping bags, but we kind of all rolled into Together, each other, yeah. you know. Um, I nudge the guy next to me, and I'm like, do you hear that? There's a bear out there. What is that what that is? And we hear this noise, and he's like, holy crap. And he wakes up, and he wakes the guy up next to him. Pretty soon, there's like five of us, and we're all just huddled around. We're like, be quiet. Don't let it know. And there's a, like a door on this thing, but there's no latch. I mean, this bear could just push it down the door. The whole thing is is rickety. And we're like, don't let it know we're in here. And our packs were actually in cages because uh, you have to worry about uh, wild boars. And so they're in these big metal cages uh, on the ground, not hanging outside. Up, right, outside, yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, one of the kids is like, I brought some snacks in my. <laughs> I brought some snacks in my sleeping bag. What if it tries to come in and get us? <laughs> and we hear, and so this is the sound we're hearing. It's like, <laughs> it's and we are terrified. <laughs> and then somebody suddenly, somebody's like, "Wait a second! It sounds like it's inside." <laughs> No. no. We were like, what the heck? It is. It sounds like it's on the floor right in front of us. <laughs> we were so scared. Like, <laughs> And then we realized that it was just one of our leaders who was just snoring so loud. None of us had ever heard someone snore like that before. And it, we were so terrified yeah. of it. Oh, man, that man. was good that it wasn't. And then we just could not stop laughing once we realized what it was. Oh, that's anyway. good. Yes. That's fantastic. That, yeah, that is really good. But uh, I liked how the bear confused him for its cub. Yeah. Which is why, you know, like Bracken said. <laughs> it picks him up. A man carried like he was a cub. And, In his teeth, yeah. And then brings him a piece of meat. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> It's just a fresh kill. And Tom and Jerry are like from behind a rock, and they're like, "Eat it, eat it." <laughs> and he pretends. And Tom is like pantomiming, biting. He's like, ang, 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 ang. And, the, and the bear doesn't buy it. <laughs> yeah, Dan's like, yeah, he's not doing a good job of faking it. They're like, no, you can tell. Yeah, you got to eat it. 
<laughs> and they're all gagging because it's so <laughs> Cause disgusting. Because he has to really bite it. Yes. Yeah, it's disgusting. And then he throws it like when the bear's not looking. <laughs> like, you, like he ate it all. <laughs> mm, that was delicious. Thank you. Well, and then the bear does chase them up the tree. Yeah. Comes back to their camp. Wrecks everything. Destroys everything. Drinks all their beer, beer. presumably. Eats his cell phone. Swallows his cell phone, because that comes back several times. And, yeah, they basically spend the entire night up in that tree. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of wildlife, I think one of my favorite scenes, which was super random, is when they're in the canoe... And they're first looking, oh, look, the birds, look, the ducks. Oh, <laughs> look, deer. there's a deer. And then the deer turns around and it growls. <laughs> and like bears, bears its, its teeth. teeth. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? So I totally had, caught me off yeah, guard. I had so seen this one before and that was the one, one part of the movie oh. I remember. And I felt like there was more deer moments later on in the movie. <laughs> it's just and that I, one. I, it was just that one, but oh, man, it, was, it, was, it, was, it delivers. Yeah, it did. You I wonder did. if he's related at all to that deer from Tommy Boy. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> same agent. <laughs> Played by the same deer. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like comedic hits. I just, I thought they were good. The rhythm yeah. of their comedy. So funny. Yeah. So they they leave the bear and they go, they, their, their map gets torn up a little bit and then yeah. they move on and they stumble upon this, this tree. With a, with a house. Oh yes. Who wants to talk about the? Well, so, sorry. They the bear attacks eats half the map, right? Kind of, yeah. And then they see the the hillbillies that are out. Um, oh, you're right. Using sorry. dynamite. I'm, I'm they don't know drug farmers. I'm yeah. jumping ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, well, so this is just leads to how they end up at the tree. And, yeah. Um, and so, I guess one other thing, the reason why the the meat eating was so funny is in case we hadn't mentioned it before. Dan is a hypochondriac. Yes. Like, he thinks he has... He's scared of everything. He's he, scared of microbes everywhere. Yeah, he's, like, he's like, this water has microbes, because they're splashing him in the canoe, and yeah, he's like, the, yeah. but this water's full of microbes! Um, which is why, I guess, Ben became Giardia. Giardia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he wants to, like, port portage the canoe over to the other side of this little island thing right. around. Which, they end up going down the wrong fork of the river. Yeah. Then which down a waterfall. Down a waterfall. Yes. They lose the canoe and everything that they have except for what's on them. Yep. The canoe is destroyed. Yep. They and and the title suggests that they also lose their paddles. Right. <laughs> so So they don't they don't actually make it to the tree just yet. They no. actually stumble on yeah, the, the the farmers. farmers. Oh, that's so they're right. just kind of wandering through the forest and they, they have their Indiana <clears throat> Jones compass. Oh, they had yeah. with and them. they hear some music. Yeah. What yeah. Do they say? <laughs> I They're love like, that. sounds like Creed. <laughs> Tom is even like, I don't know any, I don't, I don't know I'd ever be be grateful to hear <laughs> music that's... that sounds like Creed. <laughs> <laughs> but it was not Creed. It was not, no. no. So yeah, they stumble upon their camp and they go into their barn and <laughs> And it's filled with bricks of pot yes giant there i mean there's probably a million dollars yeah right in that shed so this is 2004 yeah so pre-legalized yeah Mm -hmm. well you know probably in oregon where they were it was uh legalized for medical use because dan says all right leave it alone i'll write you a prescription right right right, right, yeah (laughs) 
but he's still carrying a huge case of it. Yeah. So yeah, just for people who watch it now, right? Mm, yeah, because you think it was like they're like a heroin operation, right? Or like a, yeah. a meth lab or something, but no, they're just growing a ton of pot. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely illicit. I mean, because the the sheriff is in on it, running yes. the organization. You have two armed thugs who are and the pot forest it. hidden in the middle of the of exactly. nowhere in yeah. the mountains, right? And the pothead dogs. So they shoot up some flares, like warning flares or yeah. something, and they come down, and of course they burn the whole crop. Yeah, they catch the whole field on fire, and so <laughs> as they're, they're running run, through, they're it. running through the field, and there's tons and tons of smoke, and the the two dogs that are chasing them just basically kill over and are stoned and. <laughs> Looking up, and there's animation in the sky of dogs outlined in the stars, and and yeah, and then the guys keep running, and they start laughing more and more. And they and get stoned. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of smoke. Just the drug dealers don't, because they have. <clears throat> yeah. Dan's like, don't tell my patients that I got stoned. Yeah. They'll, you know, I'll lose all my. Patients. I'll lose my parking space. Yeah. <laughs> this is a little bit of a segue, but have you guys seen the video? I want to say it's a BBC interview. Where um, it, it's a giant drug bust. So they found all this hash and like uh-huh. all of these drugs, like opium and basically any plant based drugs. Like right. there was this big cleanup and they had these giant stacks of them sitting in this field. And it, they, they went into report about this big drug bust and the cops are burning everything up. Yeah. And it's funny because they're getting completely contact high in this. <laughs> and so you have this totally like, you know, straight laced guy trying to do this reporting. And he can't get through like three words in the sentence because he's like, <laughs> he's like, behind me, 300 pounds of hash. <laughs> and he just starts giggling like crazy. Like, you have to go find it. It is the funniest thing. And it's just take after take. And he cannot oh, get like man. three words into this. So I was, definitely, I was definitely feeling that vibe. Yeah. Okay. So, Bracken, uh, yeah. you're very excited about this tree. Let's hear about this magical so, tree. So, yeah, they run up. They. <laughs> So the next day, they they run up and they discover. Well, well no, 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 no. Sorry, like, I need to back up. Yeah, no. They, they are. Where are they? They're like staying somewhere, and they're. Oh, they, they got, send. They escape. They send someone the up morning. a tree yeah. with with some binoculars. Maybe you can see a landmark or a road or something. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I think it's Jerry that goes up, or yeah. Tom. It's I can't Tom. remember. It's Tom. Just, yeah, Dex Shepard. They go. That's he right. goes up the tree and he's looking around, and the next thing he knows, he's, he sees these two women and they are uh, pouring water giving, on each other pouring, yeah they're giving each other a bath i mean they're not they're in bikinis they're, they're, and they're yeah. clothed they're, yeah. yeah but they're they're definitely it's it's just an erotic it looked like image. a sports illustrated yeah like, yeah photo it's, shoot yeah absolutely and he and they're like what do you see do you see anything is there anybody around and he's like i think i'm still stoned <laughs> <laughs> so they they still they go towards the tree and there's these two women that are camped out in this tree to Make sure that it doesn't get cut that down. The loggers don't the, cut and, down the tree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they they've been camping out in here for probably it, they said two hundred two hundred months something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so like six to eight months or something like that is what I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, based on my math abilities, <laughs> uh, and uh, they like Rapunzel. They throw down their ladder and they they climb up and start hanging out with these two women and the, mm-hmm. i mean they're straight up like hippie moon child kind of people like yeah. they're all about the trees tree huggers this, totally very natural this tree's all decked out they've got like rugs and plants and flowers and food <laughs> and it's like a little party house so this is an important part considering our 
introductions in this episode. They uh, the girls shout down to the guys, "What's your name?" Yeah, and, and, and uh, Tom <laughs> says, "Tom," and they say, "What's your what's your forest forest name?" name? <laughs> and Jerry says, "His name is Slug," <laughs> the, and so they call him Slug for the rest of the time. And then we find out what are the other guys' names? Uh, Dan is Condor. Condor. And then, he, like, the other one's, like, Tall Oak or no, something. No, it's Mighty Oak. <laughs> Mighty Oak. Yeah. Mighty Oak, yeah. <laughs> so, it's it, Rachel Blanchard plays Flower. Okay. And Christina Moore plays Butterfly. Butterfly, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Christina Moore from Community. Okay. And Rachel Blanchard, she's just, like, in everything. She's just, you're like, oh, that's the girl from the show. Yeah. When you see her. I mean, she's in Snakes she... on a Plane. But... Oh, is she? <laughs> oh, okay. She did look familiar, but yet I didn't know who she was. Well, and even in their little, the little, I, this goes back to kind of the good storytelling and just like little shots that really give you a lot of character really quick. Um, you know, so they're, you know, getting all cozy and, you know, she's picking stuff up with her toes and yeah. she's like, I'm all natural. And she, like her leg comes up and it, I mean, he's like, he's like, you want to take down your stockings? You want to take down your stock? She's like, oh he's no, like, I can give you a calf massage. I'm all natural. Yeah. She looks like a polar bear. Right? <laughs> she's like completely hairy. And, um, she does like, you know, somebody's like, I need you to use your restroom. And she does like this, like Scarlett Johansson, black widow, like flip up into the trees She's like, it's up here. And then she's like, yeah, when, you, when you're done, just put it in this bag. Right. Yeah. And that Whatever comes in, handy in a minute. Out. Yeah. And, and pack it in, pack it out. And it's just yeah. like a paper sack. Like you get yeah. at the grocery store. Yeah. Like a lunch bag. With like a recyclable sign on right. it or something. Yeah. yeah. Compostable sign, probably. So, so what happens? Well, eventually the bad guys find them. And so they drop the dookie bags on them. <laughs> oh, they get away. So there's so many. Oh, no, wait, wait. So a, much, it's so, much, it's so funny important. because there's so many it bags. So yeah. They're all these little paper bags, and it's like they bring out this giant tray. Yeah. It's like, well, this is convenient. And a nice little wicker basket. <laughs> yeah. There is a, a key part that uh, we need to point out here. In the, they're all right before the. So all the guys are like getting their clothes right. washed, right? So they're, they've taken all of their clothes off. They're just in their underwear waiting. When the bad guys come, then they're like panicking, trying to get out of there, and they start throwing these bags of doo doo down on the. <laughs> just so many of them, just so that one gross. guy's like, ah, they clogged my gun, the barrel of my gun with doo doo, or whatever. <laughs> it was like, the guys escape down a zip line and run off into the forest. No, they steal one of the four Oh, they the steal ATMs. a four uh, yeah. Yeah, four wheeler until it goes off of a cliff, right? That's how they, they lose go off. It. How many cliffs do they jump off? Of they go a lot I think of them, two yeah. or three times they they yep. jump off into the water. Yeah. So now they don't have the four wheeler anymore, and they're on their own. They're soaking wet, and just they're just in, in their, their underwear. underwear yeah. And they're hiking. They have their compass, so they kind of know which direction to go. But they're also just they're fleeing from gun-toting right. crazy men, so they're not really paying a whole attention to like Where let's go going. on target. That's they're right. like just get away from here. Yeah. Well, and at this point, they don't even want to pursue their the treasure they want to just get, get out, out of there, there. they're just and trying to survive now we just want to call it a day and get done with this but they yeah they want to get out of there alive yeah the sun is going down and they get to this point by this kind of little cave overhang thing and dr mott says i'm done guys i can't go on anymore i'm done and he's like it couldn't get any worse and then 
a storm crack <laughs> then, of lightning yeah, thunder and then just it starts pouring rain and he's like i stand corrected and now they're just soaked in this cold rain and they're all shivering and he's like we're gonna die from hypothermia guys <laughs> <laughs> and he says we gotta cuddle together for body warmth and so <laughs> and they're just kind of in this rock overhang just so a little just overhang like so little they're spit of dry yeah this the that scene is so well done in there they don't want to do it so bad right and one of them even says like, i'd rather feel, die yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just like tall. feel it and yeah, as yeah. they like super awkwardly start to lean so, into each other it's so funny and then the, then the soundtrack i was yeah. just say what was the what was the song was that like, they the, played the mind says no but my, the my body, body my body <laughs> says tell me yeah <laughs> slowly coming together they're all shivering and And the best part is dr mott uh, as they're getting closer unclips his fanny pack kind of like almost like it's a bra like some slinky bra and he drops it off and then the you know the camera kind of pans to the ground yeah man yeah i just they did that well (laughs) and i like i like how jerry starts like reminding so Tom, they're all cuddled up, spooned. They're, like, yeah, they're, they're spooned. So, so Jerry is the largest spoon. spoon. Yeah, and it's Dan is the middle spoon, and Tom is <laughs> the, is the little, little spoon. spoon. And so Jerry starts talking to 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 Dan and reminding him about. He's you know, just like these whispering women. in his ear. Yeah, yeah. he's like, remember can those you imagine the rain? Remember how they said that they were just dancing naked in, in the rain in this tree? Talking about the, the two tree girls, and flower, and, and flower kissed him. Yeah, yeah. We all know what Jerry's trying to do yeah. here, and, and all of a sudden it pans to Tom. He's His like, eyes open he's real like, big. What was that? <laughs> they all jump up. <laughs> oh, that was a great scene. It was. Oh, and it's, that's, it's the highlight of the movie. It was in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, and then that's when they run into Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, Burt Reynolds yes. saves them. Well, at first you think he's gonna kill them or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes them back to his cabin, and oh, he's this old worse? man. Well, that's what they they even say that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, they take him. <laughs> he takes him to his cabin. He's got this cabin. He's just an old hermit. He's like covered in furs. Right. He's got a double barrel shotgun. <sighs> Um, it's and, like the sequel of Deliverance, I yeah, guess. It is. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> Very much like Deliverance. He has clothes for them to put on, but they're it's like his from clothes. the 70s. Yes. <laughs> it's his own clothes from the 70s. Oh. <laughs> they get dressed. Turns out they find out that he is D.B. Cooper's partner. Um, and he was supposed to meet up with D.B. Cooper. So, for anyone who doesn't know the story of D.B. Cooper, the basic story is db cooper is this guy this is just what they call him his name isn't actually db cooper um he this man um hijacks an airplane then holds it uh holds it for ransom from the owners of the airline he wants two hundred thousand dollars they bring him they they bring him the two hundred thousand dollars then he makes the airplane take off and they fly away and somewhere and he tells them to go to a certain place and they they go on course and then halfway there he just opens the side of the door jumps out in the middle of a storm with all of this money stuck onto him with a in a backpack like he just fills this like his backpack and it's not even all of the money that he stole it's just it's like whatever he could carry of that jumps out and he's never seen again and this is a true story and people have spent 
decades and decades trying to find him. Uh, interestingly, I learned about this story because my mom's uh, uncle knew one of the suspects, like was a personal friend with one of the suspects of who they think D.B. Cooper really was. And he was interviewed and stuff for Unsolved Mysteries. And when Unsolved Mysteries did their episode of D.B. Cooper, my mom's uncle played D.B. Cooper. Oh, that's that. wild. Yeah. Really? Wow, very yeah. cool. Yeah, that is anyway. cool. So they're trying to find this treasure. And, uh, and to be clear, not so much for the money. Just like, to it's do It's all it. about just... It's, it's basically like, you know, pouring one out for Billy. That's right. It was their childhood dream, right? And so they find out that this, even his partner couldn't find him for decades, for 30 years. He'd been out there and hasn't, uh, hasn't been able to find him. And he's gone. He's like, I'm sure he's dead. I don't know where he is. And he, this was the plan. And so he tells him how to, well, the bad guys show up. There's a big shootout. And... Burt Reynolds kind of saves the day. He goes out all cowboy style and <laughs> yeah. with his six shooters and and runs Rolls them off there basically. Four yeah. yeah. Then the the guys head off down the direction that Burt Reynolds tells them to go, and they realize that they're not going the right direction, even though the compass is telling them to go a certain way. And they realize they see this big on the side of the hill. It's all like red rock in the middle of the cascades and they're like oh my gosh it's all iron that big gigantic iron deposit is throwing off the magnetic field or whatever so what we thought was six degrees off is actually or looks like due west or something like that and right when they realize that they step into a hidden mine and they drop down and find db cooper's body um and they're looking at his stuff. The money is gone because he broke his legs when he fell in. It was the middle of winter uh, in a blizzard. And he burned all of the cash to try to stay alive until someone could find him. But eventually, you know, it's been 30 years, so he died. Yeah. And there's no money, no treasure. And they didn't even care because, like, like we said, their goal was to find him, not really the treasure, right? Mm -hmm. But the bad guys find him, too. Um, and this is the kind of the end of the bad guys, right? Yeah, this is where the this is the big finale, the mm -hmm. climax. The sheriff shows up and helps them, rescues them. Yeah, rescues them in quotes, and then they realize that the sheriff is involved. He's, he's, the, he's actually the boss. The boss. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And there's a hand grenade involved, and <laughs> and a tree, and a tree, and to become heroes. Yep. <laughs> They become heroes. They tell everybody where D.B. Cooper's body is. The whole thing is uh, is solved. And they. it turns out this was like one of the biggest drug groups in the area. So they're kind of heroes all around. Burt Reynolds uh, gives them some cash. He shows up, yeah. gives them the parachute, and in it is a bunch of cash. Because D.B. Cooper didn't burn Burt Reynolds half of them, his share of the money. Yeah. And that's the end. Oh, I mean, you know, there's a little bit of resolution in their life, I guess, in Tom? Jerry. 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 Who was having commitment issues with his girlfriend at the beginning and, and the whole time he decides, because Burt Reynolds talks about he spent 30 years waiting and not having a life and convinces him basically, 
stop waiting for something and go live the life. Go marry your girlfriend, that kind of thing. And so he does. So Tom uh-huh. becomes a scout leader oh, and yes. is telling incredibly tall stories, you know, <laughs> and again, he is the hero of, of, of the story. Jerry proposes to his girlfriend, um, which I thought was weird. That yeah. She's hard of hearing or something. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, uh, Dr. Dan, Dr. Dan hooks up with one Fla- of the flower flower yeah. in the treehouse, and apparently develops her toe grasping skills. That's right. <laughs> Cause the last, the last scene yeah. is him reaching up and turning off the, the bedside lamp with his with toes. His <laughs> I love that scene with Tom Dax saying the story because it's in this like gruesome way like yeah. oh, smoking my. a cigarette yeah and then he's smoking a cigarette he has this like i want to be that kind of scout leader yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny so this movie as we mentioned not great reviews um it cost 19 million dollars to make which is what is that like three quarters of a boat crash yep uh, yeah wow. roughly that's like crashing the plane into that other tanker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it made $73 million, So it made good nice. money, you know. You crashed some boats with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three. <laughs> um, the production crew on this was, uh, as I was going through it, it's a lot of people. You know, we see this all the time that there are kind of crews that always work together, right? This is basically Adam Sandler's group. So wow. the director, uh, Stephen Brill, he directed Mr. Deeds, Little Nicky, uh, tons of Adam Sandler stuff. And everybody else who worked on this also was in a lot of Adam Sandler stuff. Um, let's see. There was a the music, this, uh, the music guy, Christoph Beck. He did the music to frozen so he's the composer for frozen not the lyrics but all of the and also the composer for ant-man but relevant to our podcast he did the music for all about steve nice. which i'm gonna i'm gonna make another connection yeah so um bradley cooper stars yes. in all about steve yes he does and while we were watching this movie we were looking at um our good friend seth uh green. seth green and it, just looking at him i was like holy crap, he looks just like Bradley Cooper. And we looked it up, and I was like, I can't be the only one. And sure enough, there's like Pinterest pages dedicated to that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add another kind of connection That's there. awesome. Um, one other interesting thing about this. Uh, this movie did well enough that it spawned a sequel. There's a sequel called uh, Without a Paddle, Nature's Calling. came out in 2009. This is an interesting fact. Um, how do you say this? 100 percent, or let's see, not one person who was either cast or crew on, or there was not one person who was cast or crew on both films. It's 100% separate cast and crew on the two movies as if they were completely unrelated. But so uh, like troll two. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) It's called, yeah, without a paddle, nature's calling. And it's really about architects building <laughs> metal no I it's just know. about designing <laughs> it has nothing to do with yeah it has nothing to do with this no um anyway so that is my guilty pleasure 
What do you guys think? Why why is it your guilty pleasure? I mean, is it, it how, is, have you watched it regularly or so, just a couple of times? So, I will or? say that I have not watched it in a few years, probably eight years or so, but when it came out, I was watching it all the time. I bought the DVD. Um, it was like, if I just didn't know what to watch, I'd throw in without a paddle and watch it, and my wife would roll her eyes and stuff, and you know... She thinks it's cute that I like this movie <laughs> because it's so dumb in her mind. But you know, after watching it again today, I'm I'm sticking with it, man. That is a hilarious movie and I really enjoyed it. And 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, I have no idea how that's even possible. This movie is is really well done. I mean, it's well made, it looks good, the jokes are great, it's funny. And, um, and as you mentioned, the, like, even the characters have more depth than you would expect for totally. such a, a basic, uh, comedy, there right? Was, there was better storytelling in this than a lot of the big budget movies That's true. that we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was well written. It was just, it was great. Well Take acted. that, Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think part, I think what helps it is each of the main characters, they, like, their cast exactly like themselves do you right. know what i mean it's so it's, it's like the way it's that you think of natural. them right yeah. yeah whether it's really like them or not it's what you think they right. are I mean, it's the role th- they always you play. think Dak shepherd is like that <laughs> <laughs> i don't know next episode we'll be interviewing Dak shepherd to get his opinion <laughs> on this no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah so i mean that's and the fact so it is a pleasure of mine and it's guilty because I know it's not a great movie. And, you know, in an industry where, uh, I mean, I work in the film industry and it's the kind of thing where everybody, you know, talks about the fine cinema and stuff like that. You need to know the, you know, important directors and production designers and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, oh, here, I'll give you an example. Some of our listeners, well, this is what happened. I was in college doing some film school classes learning animation trying to be a sophisticated film person (laughs) (laughs) and there were some movies out and um i thought they were cinematically beautiful and i was talking i was sharing my thoughts with my friends my co-workers i worked at uh, ups at the warehouse Delivered early in the morning in their animation studio. in their in their animation studio no i was this is as i was going to college so i was just doing this work <laughs> while i was going to school and i was talking about how cinematically great these movies are and stuff we may have even been talking at the time about like m night shamalama mcknight shamalama and uh kind of his the way that he does his movies and kind of the thought process that he has in it and stuff and this guy says to me Oh man, I, I hate that movie. Whichever one it was, we were talking about. It was probably Signs or something. And it, um, he's like, I hate that movie. And I was like, Oh really? He's he's like, Yeah. I said, What's your favorite movie? He says, Oh, that's easy. My favorite movie's Joe Dirt. And <laughs> <laughs> that's a guilty pleasure. And he, yeah, and he's like, Oh, he did not feel guilty at all. Mm-hmm. He was just proud. Like that's the movie that I should think was. You know the the best the masterpiece and like uh, and I would and I look hey I get it that's fine you can have your opinion that's fine but that's how I feel when I think about uh, 
around my coworkers and stuff if they knew that I loved this movie. It's kind of like, yeah, I like Joe Dirt or Without a Paddle, right? Mm-hmm. But I think this one deserves it, whereas, never mind, I'm not going to talk about Joe Dirt. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think this movie is worth, absolutely worth being a guilty pleasure. And yeah. maybe I won't even feel guilty anymore about it. <laughs> I, think the, I think the only reason that you should feel guilty is because of the score. Yeah. Right? I think that's really the only reason. But, right. I mean, the audience score is 68, which is still not great. Oh, yeah, but, but that's terrible, a fresh score. Right? right? Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's enough that's to get you elected in the United States. Yes. Like, <laughs> you're, you're fine. <laughs> I mean, that's a huge discrepancy, though. If you, you do get yeah. 68% in a presidential yeah, uh, that's election, landslide. that's yeah. a landslide. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. What, did you, what do you all think? Is this movie... Let me... I guess... So, I don't know if these really qualify as exceptionally bad, necessarily, um, as we do our guilty pleasures. So, I guess the question is, do you all feel like it is, uh, should you feel guilty about it being a pleasure? And uh, is it a pleasure, I guess? I... So I would say normally this would not end on land on our radar, right? Because yeah. one, I think it's just a little too good. Yeah, and comedies are hard, and to. they We've know what they're doing, yeah. right? <clears throat> they they're being dumb and kind of pandering a little bit right. on purpose, yeah. right? So it like those two alone are probably you know exclude it from our list. That said, um, it's fourteen percent review, yeah, right? right? Yeah. So it's like it's not a masterpiece theater, yeah. Um, but it, I, I thought it was very funny. I thought, mm-hmm. like, I enjoyed it. Like I said, like, I thought the storytelling was great. Like, yeah. they were really able to capture very juicy and very detailed character points very quickly. Yeah. And didn't, like, linger on it. And they moved on to the rest of the story. Yeah. Yeah, the two questions, uh, is it a guilt? Is it, should you feel should guilty? You, yeah, should uh, it be a guilt? Uh, <laughs> n- I mean, I when you mentioned this being your guilty pleasure pick, yeah. I thought, oh, this is a great pick. Right. This I I supported you yeah. in this. I felt it was appropriate okay. for this category. Yeah. To answer your question that way. Sure. Um, I had seen this once before. I do remember. St- I, I feel like this is our final judgment, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I I do feel like I enjoyed it more the first time I saw okay. it, which is surprising. <laughs> Maybe I built it up a little bit in my head how much I enjoyed it. I was surprised. Um, it just got slightly, just very, very slightly. I'm very, I'm being very nitpicky. Yeah. Very slightly slow uh, by the time Burt Reynolds finally shows up. Right. I'm kind of like ready for this to be done. Yeah. But it's a fun ride. And the actors are just likable. Yeah. And you just enjoy them and you can relate to them. I feel like this was the first movie we've had that was really kind of a guy's movie That's true. that we could all relate to. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what my, my guilty pleasure is for next That's time, fine. but it is not a guy's movie. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, yeah. Let's see. I've got a track record of guilty pleasures, Supergirl. We've seen a lot and of your Xanadu. guilty pleasures. They're not. Right? I'm guilty of liking other kinds of movies. So. That's true. But this was fun. I, I, I loved it. Uh it's it's fun. It was very relatable, especially getting together with your guy friends. Yeah. Well, 
to answer the first question. Like, as you all know, I'm a sociopath, so I don't <laughs> feel guilt. So I don't, I don't know, how to, I don't understand that question. Therefore, I'll not respond to it. But uh, um, no. So when I saw that it was 14%, like that was shocking to me. Yeah. Like, because I thought this is not a 14% movie. It's too well made. Yeah. Um. So things that I liked about it is like we need to get them in their underwear. Where they have to, this where they have to snuggle, yeah. and this can be hilarious. But they did it in a way that was, that made sense. Yeah. It was believable. Yeah. 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 So too many movies we watch, I think they land on our our radar because the plot's like, well, the plot needs this to happen, so we're gonna shoehorn this in. Yeah. And you could argue that that was the case with them running into the girls, and the girls are washing their clothes, and then they have to leave real quick. But that seems like a natural thing. Like right. if someone's coming and they're shooting at you and they're and they're starting to cut down the tree, like you're not gonna be like, oh, where's my three piece suit? I gotta right. 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 stand yeah. in front of the mirror and get dressed. So I enjoyed that because it was like you could, I mean, you could tell as they're going along. Okay, they're building up this thing, and then then it happens, and you're like, okay, the build. I believe the build up. Right. I. It's not you know like it comes out of left field. The payoff was earned. Yeah. 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 I I feel like it was not predictable like i mean you know it's it's bad enough that they're in their underwear you know during this and then the rain and stuff and it's like they let it play out long enough that when the whole punchline hits there's two punchlines you know when they first have to snuggle and then when the the secrets are being told and it's just like it had built up so great i love the timing on that so that so for me i'm like and that sequence alone, I'm like, it's not a 14% movie. It was too well written. Like, yeah. it was not like Birdemic. Right. But, yes. You know, um, Bracken mentioned it's it's a guy's movie. Yeah. Like, I, you, I think if this were like a date night, like, it's a different experience than if you're watching it with your guy friends. Like, right. I don't mm-hmm. know that. Uh, I don't know that women would enjoy it as much as my as wife men. rolls her eyes still mm-hmm. and every day. So there's like Even during the rock scene. <laughs> so <laughs> I think in the rain. Yeah. I think there's probably just a level of I want to say like immaturity that yes, that, right. that, that guys find enjoyable. Yeah. Um. That the that our wives would be like, why are you laughing at that? Like that's so dumb. Like, yeah. like that's why we laugh at it. It's, it's, a, it's so a deer sneering. What are you yeah, doing? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's why you would feel guilty in a, that yeah. sense. It's like, okay, I'm a forty-something-year-old man and oh, laughing at, at these amateur silly jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but sorry. I'm, I know I, I'm really guilty in my final judgment. Always bringing up something we didn't already talk about. <laughs> but one scene I wanted to mention real quick that I just loved is so, so the bear eats the cell phone. Oh yeah, and that. And it turns up several times in the movie. Every time you, you hear, you hear every time you hear the Raiders march in yeah. that like, yeah, in that eight, like that, that like eight bit, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sound like you hear from it's like, an old flip phone. There's this lots of iPhone, lots of Raiders of the Lost Ark references. Yeah. And so Jones. they, but then so they find it in the bear scat dung, and yeah, and it's like there's a bear crap in the woods, and he, and he keeps <laughs> saying it, and Burt Reynolds is like, yes. <laughs> remember how he calls he calls oh. him and his and his girlfriend leaves the voicemail like they're not doing it anymore so yes. if you need to reach me call me on my cell phone and he's like so upset and it gets like super dramatic and he's look <laughs> and then then the guy starts shooting at the cabin and he's just sitting there and he's just like depressed Caught in his own mind and, he, yeah. and the and he's got the flip phone open yeah. and the screen is a picture of the bear <laughs> like a, a selfie of the bear the bear took a selfie on the phone yeah. <laughs> 
before he swallowed it. <laughs> and I just thought the little things that like that was so yeah. clever. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would definitely recommend you to watch it. It's mm-hmm. if you want to call it exceptionally bad or it's not on a radar bad, like it's worth definitely watching, watch though. it with yeah. your with your guy friends. It's it's yeah. yeah. Or anyone else who likes that kind of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to alienate people, yeah. but that just that's just my impression if I were to watch it if we were to watch it with our wives it would be a, a different viewing experience. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think. definitely. Danny, do you have any thoughts? I'm basically just right. Yeah. And, and no, you should not feel guilty at all. Sweet. The guilty pleasure is an interesting, you know, idea about it. I mean, I guess if I, if you guys knew that I watched Legally Blonde every single night, that would that consider <laughs> guilty? I'm just kidding. I don't do that. Yes. Um, you mean with but the I totally snap? Would, wait. <laughs> I would but say this legally... is on my guilty pleasure list now. Like the question yeah. is, like, would this be on my quote unquote guilty pleasure list? I'll totally watch this yeah. one again. Absolutely, you know, super fun. So yeah. it's on my list now. Sweet. Yep. Well, thank you everyone for your thoughts, and thanks everyone for listening. If you have ideas for us of movies that we should watch, or you just want to tell us how wrong we are. Or how right we are. <laughs> you can. Uh, how about uh, you can message us on Instagram at exceptionally bad. You can check out all of our episodes at exceptionallybad.com. You can email us at theguys at exceptionallybad.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter at exceptionallybad. We don't have a blue check mark. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, my address <laughs> is 46. Oh. You saying anything oh, at the end? Uh, shoot, I was not ready. But, okay. Uh, <laughs> See you guys. So, no, no, no. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. This is going to be a paraphrase. Who, who followed to the be, end? There's going to be a paraphrase. So they met here, and a scuffle ensued. Harsh words were spoken. <laughs> <laughs>